if you create something, you need to, to put yourself there. It's you. It's your cocktail by behind is you. Hello and welcome to Best Sips Worldwide. I'm your drinking companion, Susan Schwartz, an American travel writer living in London. Thanks to my mother's love of martinis, the first words I spoke were shaken, not stirred, and I've been obsessed by the history of cocktails ever since. Through the years, I've been lucky enough to sip some of the best made by the best. Hear that sound? It's time to cozy up to the bar and let me introduce you to the movers and shakers of the world's most famous watering holes. How does a long-haired Italian lifeguard find himself behind a bar in London? Not only a bar, but the iconic Donovan Bar at Brown's Hotel. I'll let Riccardo Vecchio, my guest today, tell you the story himself. Actually, in Italy, I was lifeguard for five years. And then I just chose, you know, to come to London for, you know, experience. Everybody say London is the future. So I came here in London. Uh, my English was not good at all, I might say. And I started here as a barbecue. Polishing glasses, top up in the eye station, fruit station. It's quite a hard job. Well, I think before you got to London and before you decided to come here, there must be a whole story behind you. So where, where were you born? I born in a very little village, which is called San Giorgio, which is the same San Giorgio as in a picture in Donovan Bar. That's, that's, I don't know how it comes, but is it? And it's a very little village. Like, I think it's 2,000 people, no more. And because it's right on a beach, like close to the, to the coast of Italy in Venice, um, is we, we can find jobs just on a, on, a, on a summer season. So the 85% of people, they do lifeguard or any single job in a, in a beach. Um, I started as a lifeguard at 15 years old. And by 20, I was still doing the same job. I was happy because it's a nice job. But it's, I think you cannot grow up on, on this career as, as life. You can do it for a few years, but then you want something different. And that's also what took me to long, took me to long. During the summer season, were you, what were you doing? I was, was from May to September, every day, 13, 14 hours per day, under the sun, opening umbrella and sometimes saving, saving some people on the water. We did a few rescue flights, okay. And uh, yeah, after September till the next May, absolutely nothing. Really? We Nothing. were just, we were just, you know, of course, going to the gym and you know, swimming pool to 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 make better our our body for for the summer. You know, for as lifeguard, you need to be very prepared because you know you, you never know what's going to happen. But we we couldn't find a job because it's it's a summer, it's a summer place, and you know, it's people leaving in September, going back to work, and there's no no much to do for us. And so, how did you find your way into a bar? Well, the way to a bar, I found it by one of my friends, lifeguard. He had his friends, his, sorry, his brother here in London. He was here already, I think, more than seven years. And he was bar manager. And I asked him, you know, what, what shall I do? What shall I, you know, I want to, I want to try something different. Uh, I didn't know nothing about bar. Bar for me was just, you know, gin and tonic and beers, nothing, nothing else. And he said to me, you know, you, you, you can come to London, you can start. I can give you, you know, some advice. You can start as a barbeque somewhere. And uh, yeah, and let's see if you like it. So I came here on the 21st of November, 2012. And uh, he gave me a hand, you know, because he knew it. Uh, the Giovanni, the previous uh, bar manager, was looking for, for barbecue. So he gave me contact and I came here. 
I so came. really, you just jumped right into yes. Browns, Donovan Bar. Twenty first of December, of sorry, November. I was here. My first day at work was first of December. You were so lucky. Yes, very lucky. I was here alone. I, I met a few friends here, which I didn't know they were here in London from like closer, close village to. They, they coming from village close to my one, and uh, I give my CV to Giovanni. I came here for the interview. I had the long hair. And till the shoulder, and they say to me, you know, if you if you want to work here, you know, there is grooming standard, no piercing, no tattoo, you know, I, I had to remove a lot of stuff. Okay. And uh, I remember I was in Soho, in Sordich, on Friday night, and Giovanni called me at 11:30. That I would start the day after, on a shift, but I didn't know nothing, no even, you know, I mean, I knew it how to polish a glass, but that's all. And when did you start falling in love with uh, cocktail making? I might say after two months. I was. I, I'm. I've been very lucky because I had uh, behind the bar. I had Damian, which is our bar manager at the moment. Uh, I got Adam Laham, which is guy now is working in the, in in Canada in Vancouver, and I got my previous head barman, which is Martin Siska. Now he's a bar manager in Ros- Rosewood, and they give me a lot, a lot of you know passion for the cocktail. Even Giovanni, you know, I I've, I've been created as too many with Giovanni. Uh, mainly, you know, Martin and Giovanni, they give me a lot on also on behavior behind the bar. They're very restrict, you know, a lot of rules. Are you, allowed, are you allowed to reveal what some of the rules are? Well, <laughs> one rule. Martin was very straight. Like, if you if you come in one minute after the shift in late, there is no tips one week. Oh, Which boy. you know, it's not about money, but it's about how you behave, how you show, how you you lead, you 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 train the team. If you show that you always you know on time, they they will follow you. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, it's still the same rules, but. They give me a lot of hard time because, you know, at the beginning you you beat, you don't know. You don't know what to do. You don't know if you're doing right. You don't know if you want to change some something you don't like. But I'm still here, so I think I like it. Of course. So I think four years is quite a lot in London to be in the same place. And to have grown Yeah. from barback. I started as a barback and after uh, nine months, I got promoted as a bartender. And then on February 2015... They gave me, because Martin, my previous head barman, left, they gave me a possibility to, to go through interview and everything to, to become head barman. So Do you remember what the first drink you ever made was? It was mojito. And they gave me so much pressure that I forgot to put the mint. <laughs> and mint is all, it's mojito is about mint. And they look at me like, well, but you know, mojito is all about mint. <laughs> and I was so under pressure, but you know, it's, it's your first drink and for me it's, uh, wow. So there was no muddling in that drink? No, no. it was no muddling. <laughs> so it was needless no to say, the guest did not receive that drink. You did a new one. <laughs> they addressed it straight away, but it was, it was a big mistake. But it's all right. I'm sure they never let it go now. Remember that mojito you made? Now, now they, they actually, you know, I got married uh, in, Ju- in July. Congratulations. Thank you. And I invite Martin, even Giovanni, but Giovanni at work. So I, we are still friends, you know. Mm. Apart from Damien, I'm still working with him. Of course, he's my friend. But Martin, he le- which, which he left, Giovanni, we're still big friends. We're chatting every day, you know, if something new about bar, about private life, if it's any problem, you know. Mm-hmm. It's good because you, you, you establish this kind of relationship that is not just eight-hour works and thank you. It's, it's more, it's friendship and if you need something, they always mm-hmm. there, which I am there for them. Mm-hmm. Well, you were saying at your wedding... Yes. You, Martin was there. Was, Martin, did he, yeah. Yes, did he bring up the mojito? No. Oh, no. That's right. <laughs> I asked him, ask him to please. <laughs> please, don't bring up the don't mojito. <laughs> not in, not in his, uh, his toast, right? Yeah. Uh. 
I'm sure the progression from bar back to bartender is a huge leap, especially in how you deal with clients and the customers. How was that for you? When you when you bar back, uh, they they call it assistant bartender, which looks better, but it's the same rules. Uh, you don't deal with guests, but not not because you because of the knowledge and of course because you know you don't speak a lot of English, and uh, in a five star you need to provide very high service house. You know people pay a lot of money and they expect high service, which is absolutely right. When you start to be bartender, what we do we 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 take the person and we put it on the morning shift, which is is easier on order. So you you know you cannot make a lot of mistakes, but you learn a lot because you talk a lot with the people. It's less busy than the evening. So you got this contact with guests. So it's what I did. They put me on the morning shift. So it's more cappuccino and tea uh, service. But it's good for you because you, you start to talk. It's not just can I have gin and tonic and you serve it. You have a chat, you know how was your day? It's, it's, the, it's quiet so you can have you know interaction more interaction with guests. But it's it's quite nice and it's quite a big step. From barbecue to bartender, as a you know, toy with the guest. Of course, because that's such a part of being a bartender. Yeah. A lot of people come to bars. I was talking to another bartender about. Um, he worked as a waiter and said, "I hated it because I couldn't talk to anyone." And that's really something that is so inherent to bartending. You know, one goes to a restaurant because you're hungry, but you don't always go to a bar because you're thirsty. Yeah, you want that. I think more than half of our guests they come into bar because they want to talk or you know express themselves or they have very very bad day we go sometimes you know and we ask and we try to to make the way to change the day with a cocktail with some some history you know I think we're like, we're like psychologists you know behind the bar absolutely and uh, yeah it's, sometimes you know people come into the bar very upset and they start to to bring the stress to you they start to you know but it's okay we know what to do, so... Mm-hmm. You're professionals so, in that. I hope so. <laughs> well, let's talk about your menu, because I think that Brown's has one of the most creative cocktail menus in the city. Um, and you're constantly changing them. It's always something completely different, the theme. So can you talk me through maybe a few of the themes that you've had in the past and the one that's now? Right. Uh, we, we changed the last... The, the first menu that we changed when I took over the position. Usually when head barman change the rules I mean the head barman change uh, he also change the menu because he want to bring his own touch in here usually is the head barman change the menu and the bitters the recipe for Don Mamar bitters every single head barman he has different one because he want to show to the previous one that is better alright <laughs> so I'm still sending a picture to Martin that's mine is better than yours but this is just my opinion alright so in 2015 uh, actually all the, the two menu that I did I did with Giovanni so we always been collaborative together and it's not we we didn't want to involve a lot of people because we wanted to create something it's like a baby for me and head barman I think should you know look after everything and give duties to people to guys you know to the to the bartenders to create drinks to to get knowledge more knowledge to study ingredients and everything but I think the main concept needs to come from the head barman that's why you know the, the rules is so in 2015 we launched the first one which is uh, the menu is all about the hotel that we have in the company so if you start you know we got the hotel in, in London we got Edinburgh in Italy we got Rome Sicily new one as well in Rome now and it's all about history of each single hotel they all have a little bit of history because uh, I think Roqueforte uh, click on the most beautiful spot to where, where to buy hotel if you think about the one in Rome, the one in Florence, in here, in Mayfair. Uh, so they have a lot of history, you know. Mm-hmm. For example, this one is the, the, the oldest hotel in London, just, just, just for one. 
And uh, this menu so is since 2015. We are now planning to change. And last year we we, we just launched a small menu on the site. Uh, I don't know one around the globe, which is about fragrances. Uh, it's about giving guests different perspective of all. I mean, how to order in drink, because usually people ask drink for a cheeky name, or because they 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 saw on the table and they want that but they don't know. So we wanted to uh, give different way to choose cocktail, and that's the first main object. And the second one is about the globe. When you when you're traveling, everybody bought a uh, like souvenir, little things of parties, you know, all the, these things. If you put it on the floor, you break them. You're not gonna remember them. But fragrances is something that they stay to, with you forever, maybe. If you have, if you if you're going to Asia or if you're going to South, people are going to I went to South America uh, last year. And I had I went in a coffee farm, and still this fragrance of coffee I have in my nose when I smell coffee from South America. Uh, so that's why we want to combine these two these two objects. So by asking guests to decide the cocktail they're gonna have with the fragrance, and rem- and have a souvenir of the continent that they're gonna choose with the fragrance. So if you scratching we we create seven business cards, and if you scratch. Uh, the business card where is the continent uh, you're going to find the fragrance of, of the continent and also you're going to find the taste of the drink so a truly multi-sensory yes, cocktail we wanted, we wanted to try something different as you know we, 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 we never saw it before mm-hmm. and it took one year almost to do that because you know I never really think about the, the smell of a drink yes. really unless it's maybe cocoa you know yes. it's hot chocolate or something um and yes, the look of it. You know, I interviewed someone who was from the design world, and she said, "Oh, her first drink that she created tasted terrible, but it looked great." Yes. You know, I never thought of the the sensory, the the smell. Sometimes, uh-huh. you know, I should not say, but when they ask you to do photo shooting, they I'm not saying they don't care, but is the look important? But at the end of the day, we here to create taste. And mm-hmm. and in this at this time fragrance as well and taste obviously the nose and the mouth are so interconnected yeah. also because the nose it stays on your brain more than the taste mm-hmm. because you can still remember like some fragrances of the flowers that maybe your husband give you or your boyfriend you know or your mom or your dad and you still remember this fragrance even after ten years you say oh right I was there and that's for for us a souvenir mm-hmm. it's like tattoo I love tattoo. And uh, yeah, for me, the souvenir of moment of something that happened, or it can be bad or can be good, mm-hmm. but still souvenir. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the... Well, so let's look at one. We, so North America. We choose burned wood because okay. it's the way how the the, the distillery produce bourbon. I mean, to give a richness, color, taste of, of bourbon. At, at the beginning, bourbon it, it does have color. It takes from the burned wood, which is the barrel inside. So if you scratch the card, here we got the. The burned wood, which it gives to, oh, yeah. to, to to the barbon the, the taste. I'm sniffing it, and it smells like burned wood. Mm. And so, do you give uh, any any customer who says, "Oh, I would like one of the drinks from the world"? Do you give them all of them? And yes, they, the, they the, sniff all of them. Yes, and, we always uh, present the menu, the full menu. Okay. And uh, we give a business card because they are all business card. Uh, we give a business card to them with the drink, which they can take home, and it can be again mm-hmm. souvenir, mm-hmm. or they can put. Some people put it on a wallet because it says "smell good." We taste the first, when we receive the first time, the first card, 
uh, we were like two kids, me and Giovanni, texting each other two o'clock in the morning because I was away, I was in Italy, and of course he was here. And he was like, oh, I got the card, I got the card, oh, I want to see the picture, show me a picture, like two kids. And uh, after eight months, still the smell, the fragrance was in the card. So if you don't scratch it a lot and you do it, you know, uh-huh. maybe one per week, it stays a lot and you can keep it. Well, I see the top of the pack is Antarctica. Yes. Now, very few people have been there, so they probably don't have smells associated with So. Yeah. How did you choose a smell associated with air? We, we actually, when we choose all the fragrances of, of the car, we ask random people working in a business, uh, what, what do you think about South America? What do you think about Antarctica? Like, without saying the project, because it was mm-hmm. right. a bit top secret, right? And they were say, oh, Antarctica, I'm looking for open space. I look for cold. Uh, for me, it's something citrusy. Something, you know, ice. Ice doesn't have any fragrance. Uh, open space doesn't have any fragrance. But if you think of something fresh, you should think about mint. Uh-huh. So on the drink, there is mint, there is absinthe, which is give this freshness and, you know, also this anise taste and lemon. So that's that's why we choose the mint. The mint taste as open space, as a, uh, fragrance, mm. as, you know, no wool. There is no wool. There are no wool there. So. It's how funny how we have been trained that mint, because probably of toothpaste, Yes. that mint... And the association with mint and toothpaste is something fresh. Fresh. Always fresh and yes. mint. And it is, though. It is fresh. And it's all related to the brain. The brain uh-huh. brings you there. Mm-hmm. Because if you, when, when I give a business card to guests, I see faces and they, they almost think that they are there in South America. Or they, you can see the, their reaction. And this, this is what we wanted, you know, like different approach with the guests. That's fantastic. I want to go back to the history drinks. Yes. Um, because we're in a very historical place. I thought we'd, we'd talk about the Browns Hotel drink. Yes. And maybe the Donovan Martini or one of the ones, the photographer, the yes. Churchill Martini, um, because the bar is named for Terrence Donovan. Yes. And the uh, wonderful photographs that he took in the 60s that are so iconic to, um, to London really created our idea of cool, cool 1960s, you know, rock and roll London. What do you take into consideration to create a drink with so much history on, on his shoulders, you know, with with the history of the, not only Browns, but Donovan himself. I mean, how do you bottle that? Uh, this this came up when, when we created this menu. It was not easy to decide what to put on the menu because it's a lot. It's a lot to say. Mm-hmm. So we tried to, to figure it out what also people want to know. Because, yeah, if you come into London, everybody goes to Trafalgar Square. Everybody go to Piccadilly Circus. It's, it's, it's amazing, but it's quite usual. It's normal. So we try to pick very little things that guests, they may want to know. And they, they, they may want to come here to, to ask for it. Like, for example, as you say, the Churchill Martini uh, is a basically plain uh, gin. Because has, it is how uh, Winston Churchill wanted to have it. He asked bartender when he was coming at the bar to put a bottle of vermouth on the top of the shell to make sure it's not going to use it on a martini. It's a very little history, but it's something that when people read, they, oh, nice, I didn't know. And they, and they feel, like, proud to, to have it. And they feel the history with it. Which, for me, when I, when I create a cocktail, history is the most important thing. It's, I mean, not even history, but it's why. Because I, I hate when people ask, you know, when I'm going to cocktail, but I do sometimes. Why did you use... I ask why, and there is no answer. And for me, when it's no answer, it's, it's not good. Because you, you dare to answer. I mean, you, if you create something, you need to, to put yourself there. It's you. It's your cocktail, but behind is you. So all this menu is about answer. I think that's great. I feel the same way. But you've made me really, really thirsty talking about these drinks. So why don't we go get a drink? Perfect.
Let's go. Lucky for us that Ricardo took off his bathing suit to jump into the bar scene in London. If you can, stop by Brown's Hotel before the new year to try their snowflake martini. It's gorgeous and tastes fantastic. This is the last Best Sips podcast for 2016. Have a wonderful holiday. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast you've heard this past year. To catch up on the ones you've missed, please visit iTunes or YouTube where they're at the ready. We start 2017 in the Arabian Peninsula. Come with us to discover what Thor and Gary are mixing and shaking at the Westin Doha's Hunter's Room and Grill. Until next time, bottoms up. For more information and links to everything you've heard about, plus a bit more, please visit bestbitsworldwide.com. Thanks for listening to Best Sips Worldwide, a spin-off of Best Bits Worldwide. Always remember the wise words of Oscar Wilde, all things in moderation, including moderation, and never drink and drive. Okay, I said that last part. Theme music is by Stephen Shapiro and used with permission. You'll find me at the bar. <laughs>